by the power of Castle Hate Skull, I am Hellamore And you were about to hear the origin of that particular phrase. Maybe you know it. Maybe you watched He-Man as a kid, but I can't take that for granted because many people of many different ages watch this podcast. And I know for a fact now that even kids as young as 15 years old are watching the Haters Will Say podcast with Hella Mark Harley and just growing their brains, for lack of a better term. Kids are really getting smarter and informing themselves to make the right decisions about their anabolic use uh, when they're teenagers. So when I say the power of Castle Hate Skull, obviously that's hearkening back to He-Man who used to say by the power of Castle Grayskull, I am He-Man transforming from Prince Adam, uh, a normal Prince Adam, just a regular, you know, 250 pound yoked out dude. And they never mention his steroid use whatsoever, but he's got like a 55 inch chest and 23 inch arms and is just generally gigantic. We never see him lifting weights. We never see him doing anything, but uh, fighting against bad guys that he has to do in disguise. But obviously he looks the same. It's like, hey, we got that uh, blonde bowl cut with bangs on it as well. You're not, you're not masking that. And then he's got this uh, tiger that turns into battle. What's the name of the tiger? Let's find out. Let's find out. Oh, cr- is it Cringer? It's, it's, he goes from like scaredy cat to, um, we talking about, talking about He-Man, okay? Um, but you know, so my dad, this is, it, it, every time I do this, it reminds me of what my dad used to do. You know, everybody has these jokes when you're a kid that your dad does, and it's like, do it again, do it again, do it again. The one that we did the most was my dad would say, and he had this great, like, booming radio voice, and he would go, by the power of Castle Grayskull, I am Georgie. And for some reason, that would just crack us up every single time we heard it. And it's also kind of uh, a good example of the basis of all humor is in this misdirection and surprise that works in a pleasant way. You know, you're like booming, intimidating voice, and then you release the tension with Georgie. And I assume now, I didn't know it at the time, but I guess that's a reference to it, right? Georgie. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe? It would be shocking, you know, now that I know. I didn't see the original one, though, so I assume he talks like that. The clown talks like that, and uh, Pennywise talks like that in the original one. But this whole time, my dad was making an It reference. I didn't know it. It just sounded funny to us as kids. Do we? Ha- What's the battle cat? Cringer? Oh, bad. Battle- We wouldn't take too long, <laughs> but now I have to know. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. Battle, okay, Cringer, yes. It's just one of these funny things. Don't ever go back and watch him, man, because it's one of the worst TV shows of all time. It'll ruin your childhood concept of how good this show was. I uh, also watched an interesting documentary recently on the rise and fall of He-Man. I guess it was like this incredible force of, of sales numbers for Mattel, for like six years or something, like 82 to 86, or there was some brief time period where it kind of like blew up and it was this number one selling thing and then it fell off because they kind of tried to phase He-Man out and make She-Ra the prominent force of this marketing campaign and it just didn't really work and it's kind of one of these (laughs) early examples of companies going woke, so to speak, because it was like, She-Ra can be the same as He-Man and it's like, but little boys don't want that. You know, it's a separate thing and she can be in that universe, but it's like, you're marketing these toys to boys, and then they would also market the She-Ra stuff separately to girls instead of just making her in the He-Man universe on the same shelf. It was like she was with the Barbies, so then trying to cross over and make it like 
hey guys, like it's little boys, it's cool that she was now in power too and you're gonna see a lot more of her, it just didn't work and it like suddenly collapsed. Yes, I've been binging on these kinds of videos that look at the history of the Super Mario Brothers design or He-Man 80s nostalgia, but it is genuinely interesting because you see the business decisions behind these things that I really only have a vague memory of as a kid. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, you're emotionally hooked in because you're thinking about my dead father doing something that really warms my heart, and uh, maybe you like me more as a person now. We can get on to some stories, a couple stories, and I want to juxtapose together to give you insight into where I am in life. And uh, this is something that I promised to tell everybody <laughs> the other day when it happened. Casey, did, did I tell you the story yet? No. Okay, I have a golf club. Do tell. Okay. <laughs> because I started, okay, I posted about it literally must have been, yeah, it was last, uh, eight days ago. It was Monday and it was before 7 a.m. in the morning. So I went to 24 Hour Fitness. I ended up posting a, a couple pictures because my storage is full. And when your storage is full on your phone, you can go to Instagram and like post a story without it taking up space. So I'm like, I'm going to post this guy's uh, license and a picture of him just in case anything happens. I don't have evidence of who this person is, okay? That was my foresight, but that kind of set up like, why are you posting this person? So I had to be like, this person tried to do this to me. And then people were like, what happened? What happened? But I'm not somebody who likes to tell a story a million times. And I figured I could also just do it once here, tell it in depth and not have to repeat it. And then be like, if anybody wants to see it, you can go to my podcast. So basically 6.47 AM in the morning, I'm going to 24 hour fitness. I find the perfect spot right across the street from the escalator. So the walkway that is in the parking garage, like you'd, you'd have to cross where only one car can go between where I parked and the escalator, you know, it's eight feet. I get out of my car and in that time, this guy speeds in front of me, maybe behind me, I forget where I was, but it was like a near miss. And he was going so fast that it was like, I didn't even have time to be like, this guy's coming. He was like, whoa, like this guy's going 40 miles an hour inside of a parking garage. And he honked at me as if I'm doing something wrong. Uh, he then stopped, pulled down the window, and I think I might have been like, watch where you're going because he responded, no, you watch where the fuck you're going. Or, or he said uh, something to the effect of watch where you're going first, and then I responded. But I just, we end up going back and forth because it doesn't matter if who it is, right? It's I would have had the same response. I was actually expecting... <sighs> A woman to, to roll down the window. I don't know why, you know, you just have these like assumptions of like, oh, it's going to be an Iranian woman for whatever reason. Like if I'm being honest, ends up being a black dude in like his mid fifties. Um, and you know, it, it's relevant that he's a guy and maybe older because he, he dug down in this scenario and was just not letting it go that he was in the wrong and that, uh, you know, I, you could have just let, I would have let it go. I was about to just walk up the stairs. Right. So. It escalates, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're a F this, F that. He parks right next to me, so he's like, keep that same energy, basically, when I get out of the car. I'm like, all right. So I start taking off my headphones, take my stuff out of my, I'm looking around, like, checking my surroundings. There's not many, you know, there's like one person way down there, maybe there's security cameras, I don't know, but I'm almost getting anxiety of like, I just want this to be on record, whatever's about to happen. And I mentally prepared myself that I was about to get in a fight. Um... My heart rate doesn't rise too much in those scenarios because I'm not like worried about physical confrontation. It was more worrying about like, what if something goes wrong and there's no one to see it, right? 
I try to set up my camera, but as I said, <laughs> I was all out of storage. Great, great time to be out of storage when somebody's about to physically attack you in the parking garage of a 24-hour fitness, or rather the Sherman Oaks Galleria. So he gets out of his car, and I'm expecting him to come right at me. Instead, he goes to the back of his car and starts rifling through his trunk. So then my next thought is, he's getting a gun. But because I'm a tough person, I stood my ground. But really, I was, you know, my calculation was, he's not just going to come up and, like, shoot me in the chest. It's a worst-case scenario that he would be getting a gun, but I'm not going to run. I'm going to just remain calm and make it so that he feels so ridiculous coming up and doing something. Like, I think it was obvious that he wanted to, whatever he's doing, he wants to intimidate me. He ends up grabbing a golf club out of the back of his trunk and comes around the car like not running, but like forcefully striding, you know, like, like doing like a big show of like, I'm going to come hit you. But another calculation I made was I'm not going to flinch as he swings or does whatever, because he got a little bit too close. Like you'd have to, right? <laughs> Casey, you play golf. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is it ping tailor-made Callaway? What are we talking about? I, 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 like, I, I think it was a driver. Oh, okay. Um, because I remember thinking like, oh, he could, he could hit me with the end of it. You know, but you'd have to be pretty far away. So Probably if you get within like 45 inches, if you get to standard <laughs> driver, <laughs> if you get too close, it's like, what are you going to hit me with the tiny part of it? You know, yeah. and I'm just going to block it. So it was like, you know, I was re like, and I'm immediately thinking, okay, I'm going to have to like take him down to whatever your, your mind does go there, of course, and you'd be justified. And that's kind of what I like is being able to justify being violent towards somebody, or it's like a fun scenario for a man to be in because once somebody actually physically assaults you, then you can defend yourself and you can get away with a lot of stuff. <sighs> at least that was my old mentality. So he comes at me and he does a check swing like at my face, but he's a little bit too close. And so I just, I don't flinch. And I just look him in the eyes and I say, sir, who are you? What are you doing? And I kind of put my hands up like this, like not touching his chest, but kind of like, hey, 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 like calm down. And he goes, you better back the F up off me. And I'm like, but I, you just ran at me with a golf club. I don't have to back up off you you have to back up off me and uh at that point a couple people jumped out of their cars uh two two nice gentlemen who ended up talking to me for a bit and if you're seeing this confrontation you don't really know what's going on but i also try to stay calm so you can see like there's one crazy person here and there's one person who's staying still and doing nothing uh as the other person is acting belligerently so they kind of separated us like said hey let's walk over here you walk over here and the guy was still acting a little aggro, so they're like, hey, sir, you have a golf club. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And he throws it on the ground uh, as if to be like, problem solved. Now let's fight. <laughs> and, I, and intermittently, by the way, it wasn't as if I'm going the whole time, like, I don't want to fight you. Like, he's threatening me. So I'm like, dude, like, I'll beat the dog crap out of you. Like saying, you know, if he, if he says something to me, and he kept saying things like, for example, we used to F white boys up like you on the yard. So I guess it's a reference to being in prison and being, you know, fighting against. And I don't know, maybe if you are in prison, you have those associations with like all, you know, white dudes are in an Aryan nation gang. I really don't know. Um, but anyway, I'll get to that in a second because I'll just get through the events of the story. We separated. We're still talking a little trash. Like part of my brain is still like if he gets around these guys and comes at me, I'm going to have to do something. And also at various points when he came up to me, like in, before the guys came in because he's still acting aggressively. So right before they intervened, I was thinking like, I'm going to have to grab 
like hit him or take him down and then grab the golf club. I was kind of going through the like, you know, like hit, take down, grab the golf club. Which order should I do all those in uh, to dismantle him? And, and, you know, should I whatever, do anything extra on the ground to subdue him? Glad I didn't. We separated. He goes up. I didn't realize he was going to the gym as well. So he goes up to the 24 Fitness and I try to give him like a five minute berth so he can check in and whatnot. But by the time I get up there, he's still checking in. And so I'm waiting at the door, trying to mind my own business, but he makes eye contact with me from the kiosk. And I don't know if they asked him for his name and address, but he starts saying his name and address to me, like making eye contact. Like, yeah, my name's John Smith. One, two, three, four, five, Carondelet Lane, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, did I ask for your address? Did I say I was going to pull up on you? Uh, which is another funny little thing that guys do where it's like they threaten to beat you up. You know, this happens online. They'll be like, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm like, no, you're not. And they're like, come see me in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm like, what? Like, you want to beat me up. You come to me. That's the rules. I don't come to you. So he was trying to pull a version of that, I guess. Uh, but he's still just making like aggressive eye contact. And, and as I said, I'm giving him this benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was saying the address to the people who worked there, but then he, he, he says the line again of, we used to F white boys up like you in the yard. And I think at that point I said, sir, I'll murder you um, with my bare hands. <laughs> so I'm still having this tool. Like I want to, I am calm and collected, but it's like this uh, Tourette syndrome of like, no, I'll murder you. you know? um, just cause it's like, I'm not going to let him get away with that. But it's also now it's super awkward for the people at the, who are working there. You know, you're a 24 hour fitness employee going like, Hey guys, could you not like, um, beat the crap out of each other, uh, you know, on the premise, you know, could you maybe walk outside or do something so we don't have to now be involved, you know, cause I'm making minimum wage, uh, working the front desk at 24 hour fitness. So it ends up kind of resolving there. I, I crossed paths with him maybe once more and, it, and like <laughs> he was walking by me in the gym and I just did this like to, as kind of a joke and also to, um, you know, just be like, I'm not moving and you can, you, you know, what's something that you can do to like demonstrate or signal that you're not going to move from your position. And I was like, have a good day. And he's like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so we kind of couldn't let it go. And also by the end of the confrontation, when he was talking crap to me and we we're still like 15 feet away, uh, before this happened, I kept asking, sir, what did I do to you exactly that made you charge me with a golf club? What did I do to upset you? And of course he had no answer, so he just had to keep talking crap. And that's one of the things I like doing is like asking the most basic question and not having an answer to it. Couple takeaways are, look, if I'm, this guy was probably 55 years old, like 5'10", 250, whatever. If I'm behaving like that at 55 years old, you have permission to kill me. Just euthanize me because I will have, learned so little about myself and reverted back to a state where I have no control over my emotional impulses that I'm not bringing anything to society as a human. That's a harsh judgment against this person, but I'm just saying that for myself. I don't know what's going on in his life, and I immediately revert to empathizing with somebody who's so stressed out that they feel the need to engage in a even, uh, you know, the threat of a physical conflict at that time in the morning when you're about to work out. But then again, I'm glad he's working out to get out some of that rage. But I just hope that as a man, I develop the trait that I have enjoyed developing over the years, which is emotional control and emotional self-discipline. Because I think a lot of guys conflate 
acting aggressively or acting tough with, um, you know, being masculine. And it's sort of the opposite in these scenarios because he's reacting to me. And we both have this objective of going to the gym and he's getting thrown off of his purpose to do this. And, you know, it's not a pleasant feeling to be that stressed out. And by the way, at this point, I'm also still taking 700 milligrams of trend per week. <laughs> so if anybody has an excuse to rage out, it would be me. And that's another argument in favor of roid rage doesn't really exist, how people think. Um, and I will talk about you know, that in a second, my final thoughts on my you know, 10-day <laughs> blast of steroids. Uh, and how that feels, but rage is not one of these things. I think if you know if you're already angry, it's going to exacerbate that. But I think anybody can exercise. So if if I'm on 700 milligrams of strength, which is a large dose of the most uh, potent androgenic steroid you can inject into yourself, if I'm dealing with that and not reacting to this guy like I would in the past, you know, I, I'm proud of that, and it makes me think of another story. Real quick, quick, where I, I'll go into this in the next one because it's going to take too long. But basically, I got in a fight on Hollywood Boulevard with one of the celebrity impersonators. Have I ever told you this story, quick? <laughs> but in that case, it was like the guy assaulted me, like came after me. And I was like, oh, this is fun now. I get to beat the shit out of you. Um, and I did. <laughs> and, Which character? Um, he played Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover. Oh, okay. So I will tell that story, but like I was justified in doing it. But like, again, this is I've broken my hand several times getting in fights, was about to go to a shoot, broke my hand, uh, you know, it just it, and it's generally like upsetting. You don't like thinking about the person afterwards. Um, he did attack me and I was justified in responding with physical violence. But I'm glad that I've evolved to the point where I go, is this necessary? And most of the time it's not, I think. Sometimes violence is the answer. If somebody's really assaulting you, if that guy really did come up and try to kill me with a golf club, then of course, uh, self-defense in the form of violence and attacking that person back to uh, disable him is totally warranted. But if you can somehow escape that, I mean, you know, then the cops are called, then it's people watching, then you hurt this guy. You don't know if you could kill him. He's older. I don't know what his heart condition is. And I don't even say that condescendingly. It's like, you don't know what these people have going on in life. And uh, I th just think it's a, it's a better policy in general to not get in fistfights with strangers in a parking lot. Okay, let's take a quick break from me talking to you about amazing things such as uh, steroids and weightlifting to talk about Kratom. I've continued to use Happy Hippo Kratom for the past month now. I enjoy it several times a week and always before I come on this podcast, it's my limitless pill. It is something that I'm really enjoying and feel like it's a fantastic nootropic. What's the big issue with Kratom? Well, you don't know what the, the source is, right? You don't know what the ingredients are, if it's the highest quality stuff, if it is what it says it is. And on top of that, do I just want to get the powder or do I want other administration methods? For me, I like the shots, I like the pills, and occasionally I'll make the powder into a tea. I only use Happy Hippo Kratom because... It's a wild west out there, and I want to be able to trust the products that I'm taking. I've had fantastic results with Happy Hippo, and I know you will too. If you check out happyhippoherbals.com and use promo code THICKBOY with three C's for 20% off. Try it. Let me know what you think. Put it in the comments, and I'm going to start reading out the comments to share other people's experiences, and we're going to continue to talk about Kratom more in the future. Enjoy the rest of the episode. The next order of business is I went to Tulsa 
I shot a music video for Hanson. I'm not going to say anything more because I think they want to keep it really under wraps, images, concepts, etc. All I will say is I was excited about it going in, and I'm even more excited about it having been in the project. There's a special guest that everybody's going to know. He was on a sitcom. Uh, an iconic sitcom is the main character that's going to be a, a special guest. So I'll talk about when it gets released. Oh, I want to talk about it so bad. But I can't because it's going to ruin the fun and surprise of this music video. I will just say it exceeded my expectations as far as getting to the set, uh, various sets that we, that we shot around Tulsa, seeing the set pieces, seeing the gags, uh, meeting a lot of cool people, and then seeing the footage uh, a lot of it the next day and being like, wow, that came out really well. And it was just an overall good time. Got to work out. At a, we shot some stuff at a CrossFit gym. I went there the next day and worked out. And, um, you know, it's just cool to get it like a little reception there. Like when I came in, the guy was like, the guy who owns it. Um, and I tagged it my stories. Uh, he was like, oh, it's Coda Tulsa, I believe is the, the gym name. He was like, wow, I'm so glad you came. You made my day. And I'm like, oh, me? Little old me making your entire day just by coming and working out. Uh, but that's cool, man. Like, I'll accept it. It sounds vain to be like, you know, to feel good about people being excited that you come to the gym. But, you know, it's also, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'm not going to reject that love that somebody's giving me who I had just met. So let's get on to a lot of people been asking me. A lot of people have been asking me, how do you get on the dark web? I try to be somebody who helps people out with my free time and not charge them for stuff. You know, I want to empower people when it comes to making these kinds of decisions uh, as far as, you know, using anabolics or psychedelics or what have you. I'm somebody who's kind of, if I'm into something, I'm going to look into it myself and figure out how do you get on the dark web? How do you order the stuff? Um, and... Over the years, I've just found that some people will adapt and be like, show me how to do it so I can do it because obviously this takes quite a bit of time and it's not like you're going on Amazon.com and just one-click ordering. Uh, there's a process and it's kind of a pain in the arse. Wanted to give you guys a quick recap in case this is something that you ever want to do. First off, uh, get an Onion browser, a Tor browser, which you can, if you just Google Tor browser, uh, you can download the version for Mac or Windows. You download it, you install it. It's just a... It's a browser that allows you to go to these sites because you can't go to .onion sites um, on a regular web browser. The website you're going to type in first is dark.fail, D-E-R-K dot F-A-I-L, and it's going to give you a list of verified websites. It's not anything flashy. It's just like a list of um, you know this market, this market, this market. They all kind of have funny names, you know, like the majestic garden or empire market or, you know, I, I, I'm forgetting ones that have come and gone because there's always this game of cat and mouse with law enforcement in various countries trying to shut everything down. So that's the risk you're playing. If you're ordering anything off the dark web, just know that by the time you order, it could get shut down. You, it places exit scam, which means they take everyone's Bitcoin who's been uploaded and, and run away with it. So you go there and just start fooling around with the websites. You're going to see a list of them copy and paste one at a time into another tab and see what the process is for getting in and see what they have. That's a starting point. That's how you start navigating this stuff. Now, you're also, if you're going to buy anything online, you need Bitcoin regardless of what it is. Some people only take Monero, which is very difficult to get because it's not sold off 
Coinbase or these other apps, you kind of have to like find people <laughs> to, to send you Bitcoin after you send them an envelope of cash. Um, but you start there and the main bottleneck is just getting on the sites because some of them require like PGP, you know, keys that you have to set up. They require multiple CAPTCHAs and you'll put in the code. It'll be like, type in the numbers you see. And it's like TX, you know, all squiggly lines behind it. It's super confusing. You can barely see the letters. And then you do it and you're like, I know this is the correct thing. TXJ57. And it's like, incorrect. And you do it again. And you're like, I know this one's right. Incorrect. I know, you know, it'll, and I think that's a built-in feature. Some of these websites that make you do like five of them just to prove you're human and see if you get frustrated and to check your emotional discipline. See what I did there? So a lot of people have been asking me uh, how to get on the dark web. That's it. That's how you get on the dark web. It's nothing too mysterious. It's just then you have to navigate these markets and decide for yourself what's real, what's fake, read the reviews, and uh, go through that process where you're actually taking a risk, ordering from stuff that, you know, of course, the business model doesn't favor people ripping each other off, but you're not going to have a money-back guarantee like you do on Amazon. But it's a starting point for anyone who wants to explore that. Okay, hater of the week, you know, runner-up. I want to give hate of the week to Kanye West against Pete Davidson. Kanye West has been in a tear and bringing it back around to emotional self-discipline. When I see Kanye West come at Pete Davidson, it does remind me of somebody who hasn't developed that emotional self-control over the years. And I know he has mental health issues, of course, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, that doesn't give you an excuse and there's not 100% overlap with just your maturity and development as a person and as a man and the kind of example that you want to set for your kids, making it extremely personal, expressing a lot of jealousy and lacking the self-awareness to understand that this looks really bad. Whatever damage you think you're doing to Pete, and here's an analogy for people who come at me online, it's like whatever damage you think you're doing by insulting me, you're doing far more damage in your own reputation because you look like an idiot, okay? So I won't go into it too much, but suffice it to say that if you know about the beef and you know how Pete Davidson responded, it was like, hey man, like I'm sick of being your punching bag. This has gone far enough and this is in a private message. Uh, if you wanna meet up and talk it out, we can do that like men. Uh, if not, then stop this shit, dude, because I don't wanna have to escalate this, but you're putting me in a really shitty position uh, and your kid's in a shitty position, and I think you're just setting a bad example. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but I really like how Pete uh, addressed the situation because I felt like it was very masculine, for lack of a better word. And, of course, we don't always associate masculinity with a guy like Pete Davidson, um, but that's what it is when you look at his response. You know, He was like, let's meet up and handle this like men. And meanwhile, Kanye West is like making videos of him being decapitated and... Uh, you know, insulting him in rap songs uh, and just drawing something out that doesn't, you know, it's causing pain to everyone. So get over it, Kanye. <laughs> but the real hate of the week is uh, this guy who says, do you think you have haters? He posted this in a video that I had posted in January of my most recent appearance on the fighter and the kid. He said, do you think you have haters? Cause you are making fun of this guy when you yourself look like you bathe in narcissism, Botox and women's hair products. Now, that was in response to a clip from The Fighter and the Kid where I said, uh, this guy looks like he's wearing a dork costume for Halloween. And he was a very dorky guy. And is that a kind of a mean thing to say? Yeah, but, you know, I get worse all the time. And 
he knows what he looks like and he's wearing silly glasses. And I just, you know, like, do I think it's, it's never okay to insult anyone or make a joke about someone's appearance? No, I just think you have to be careful with it. And, uh, but I'm totally open to people making fun of my own appearance. It's just like, be clever, be original, whatever. I took the time to break down this guy's logic. And I like to do this because it's like, it's not, again, it's not like I'm defensive. It's just like, let's break down that statement and unpack the stupidity of that statement. Your logic is a video from January 2022 in which I joked that a reality TV star looks like he's wearing a dork costume is the cause of me being on the receiving end of a coordinated harassment campaign that started in June 2021. Yes, seven months of insults, harassment, and threats in my comments and DMs across multiple social media platforms and directing thousands of people to give me my podcast a one-star rating without listening to it. That started on the exact day I first appeared in a non-controversial episode of The Fighter and the Kid. Uh, that was the result <laughs> uh, of a premonition that one day I would say a public figure with thick glasses looks like a dork. So what I'm saying is, yes, all that happened seven months, that started seven months in advance. You know, I went on TFAK in June 2021. And because of something that happened in January 2022, that retroactively <laughs> caused that or, or uh, you know, these are precognitive, uh, precognition haters, right? So... Also love the confused metaphor of me bathing in a personality trait, an injectable beauty product that wouldn't do anything if you bathe in it, and a broad group of products that despite catering to a specific gender, wouldn't actually leave my hair looking any different than the male equivalents. Because he said women's hair. I look like women's, I bathe in women's hair products. Which again, it's just, mm, I get where he's going, but it's just weak and it's confused. So I said, yeah, different smells for sure, but that's not what you said, is it, right? Women's hair products smell different. Do they leave your hair looking any different? I don't think so. I get hate because guys like you, low IQ, late teens, early mid-20s, insecure, follow the crowd, no original thought types, seem to get emotional over my friend and work associations and physical appearance and don't know how to deal with it. So they scroll through months of my posts in hopes that they see something that helps them rationalize their extreme distaste for me and end up commenting, progressively lamer regurgitations of something their idiot peer group has already said a thousand times. Hope that answers your question. So again, I like doing this because I can share it with you and be like, here's the thought process. Guys do this and it's like, you're desperate as many people are. If you have a hater, they're always going to look at everything you do uncharitably and be like, see, that's why he's a terrible person. See, that's what justifies me feeling this way. But they're working backwards from their feeling about you and then going, oh, see, it's because of that. The feeling that I had in you know, J June 2021 is because of something that happened in January 2022. Makes sense. You know, this is why we can't have nice gyms, Casey. Let's just see what's going on. This dude. This, so here's a guy. He looks like he's dressed up as the Green Goblin. He's got this uh, you know, Under Armour long sleeve. It's not Under Armour, but it's, it's you know, tight, bright green like he's dressing up as a booger in the gym and he's got, he's in the Smith machine, his feet are up in the air. He's using, like he's putting his feet up for leverage against the sides of the things. He looks like he's got at least a few plates on trying to do sort of like an inverted bench press, unracks it and immediately like fails with it. And it looks like a joke, doesn't it Casey? It looks like this guy was set up, but I've just seen this kind of person too many times to really give him the benefit of the doubt because dudes do this all the time. And I think you see it with the, the outfit is like, it's goofy, but it's not too over the top. I've seen guys in Spider-Man outfits doing this shit at the gym and they come every day and it's like, oh, that would be funny if he did it once and it was a joke, but these are people suffering from mental health issues. And here I am making fun of them.
<laughs> but it's it is just a matter of like, hey, you're wasting everyone's time and energy. You're in a public space. I don't mind shaming you because uh, you're doing everything wrong and you're drawing all this attention to yourself. So I guess what you want is attention, right? So I'm giving it to you. So in that sense, it works out for both of us, doesn't it? What do we got next? Okay, this is, he said, uh, after that, give me 12. Where are you from, fool? <laughs> and it's a Latino dude like raising his arms up and out like this with resistance bands. But just thought that was really clever and perfect. Where are you from, fool? Where are you from, S.A.? <clears throat> what do we got next? This is one of those, somebody once told me the world. So she hits squat, great depth, coming up, bails it. Where is she hitting her face? Because I feel like the, the bar closest to us is, you see what I'm saying? Like, is she hitting her face on that bar? No, I don't think she hits her face. I think it pulls her by her hair oh, down. Oh, Yoink. Oh, there we go. Yeah, because you can see it, like her added forehead sound gets to, it to make it sound like boink, but you're right. It pulls her by the hair. You know, now I feel less bad about it because there are issues when you're back squatting with long hair where it catches on your hair and is just generally uncomfortable. So I can see how that would happen. And she actually does everything right. She realizes she's not going to get it um, without sacrificing her, uh, you know, lower back angle. So she immediately goes backwards. Like she doesn't let her hips rise and put herself in a further compromised position. She goes to bail. It just yanks her back. And it's funny because she falls. And then we got this one. Okay. I forgot because I have CT. Did I do this last week? I don't think so. But this dude is benching four plates alone in a rack, not a Smith machine, and he puts clips on. Now, if you're strong enough to bench four plates, well, then obviously you have the experience to not do this and know that this is totally wrong um, because if you're benching alone, you never put clips on because you might need to bail the weight. This guy is now trapped under, this is like an extended period of time. It falls and he tries to go for the, he goes back like this. I mean, that's really another thing too, is like, if you're alone, let it hit your chest and roll it forward. Don't go for the emergency rack because if you miss that, then it comes right down in your neck. So he, he gets one on the rack, like the lowest one above his neck and the other one's, uh, doesn't make it at all, and it really traps him under there. And I mean, that's a lot of weight when you're exhausted. Like to be able to move four plates, um, he definitely could have broken his neck in that scenario. Especially if he'd missed both of them, it's just that's dangerous because if it gets here, you can't bench press four plates from here if if you can't do it from here. Um, and once it's on your neck, like that's you have way less time and a lot more difficulty to actually roll it off you. So don't do this. If you're doing anything alone, don't use clips because you're always going to need to bail. So dumb, dumb McGee right there. Dude, Liver King memes of the week are not actually Liver King. They are Liver King imposters. We are t <laughs> this one. is This guy's. Oh, so I think this guy actually works at a zoo. So I'm going to be careful how much crap I talk about him. But he says, if you don't have time and you want a high-protein breakfast, eat a beef brain and six raw eggs. Now, this guy doesn't even do a good job of not looking completely disgusted at the meal he's eating. Uh, he's taking the smallest bite he can out of this beef brain and a small sip of this six eggs. Can we doubt that he even drank the whole thing because he takes like uh, a little bit of the egg whites? Takes a second to wash it down a little. No, it's totally, yeah, totally fast. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, the, on what planet is that the thing that you jump to? You're like, man, what do I have around the house? You know, premier protein shake or a cow brain and six raw eggs in a cup. 
that's disgusting and totally unnecessary. Um, but it's, it would seem that that guy's trying to ride the coattails of the liver king, right? He's like, I'm the, you know, the brain king or something like that. Doesn't work. Because you just look at cheapness. This guy's the, the bliver king, the, the black liver king. We do not like to defecate inside. We like to go outside and take our shits in the wood. You know, we like to save water. Uh-oh. Caught in 4K. So uh, if you go to the bliver king, this guy's probably going to blow up too because it's this black dude who puts on a fake mustache and hair coming out. He kind of looks like uh, Kimbo Slice actually a little bit. He looks like a skinnier version of Kimbo Slice with that, that beard. He's from England, and all his videos are like, you know, like saying the, the core tenets of this Liver King life philosophy and then showing that it's actual BS when, when it comes to actually doing them. Like, here I am drinking blood, and then you cut to its cranberry juice. And it this says, I choose ancestral bliving. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we're going to see the Cliver King, which is like the Crip one, right? <clears throat> okay. Mark Harley, maybe of the week, because you know this ultimately is a show about me and I'm indulging my narcissism every time I come here and say, here's something that somebody made that involves a picture of me. So somebody took this, uh, I was doing 500 for three on deadlifts. So I was pretty proud because I did them dead stop. I'm working on my dead stop deadlifts. And then Daniel Rabone came through and just ruined my life once again. He put two little five pound dumbbells in my hands to make me look ridiculous which I do, and, like, and you can tell like, I'm way stronger than that in real life, so if you see this floating around the internet, just know like, I wouldn't be struggling with that much weight. That's 10 pounds, it'd be super easy. I'd be like, am I even holding any weight? Probably not, I don't know. Doesn't even register to a guy like me, okay? I don't know, man, I mean, based on this picture, it looks like you're struggling. Take it back, you, we've been over this, it's fake news. It appears as though you're struggling, that's all <laughs> Okay, okay, no, no, okay, okay. Let's, well, yeah, I'll just have, you know, I'll go, I'll go do a video myself deadlifting 10 pounds and show you that I would barely even strain. Next one is me straining on the toilet. And what's funny is this one's actually more accurate because when I'm on the toilet, I do give it my all. I do strain. I do make sure that everything comes out and there's no doubt, like are there still feces in my bowels? If I exert myself like that, I'm guaranteeing that they're cleaned out. And finally, <laughs> got the classic scene from uh, say anything. Me showing my friends, haters will say, oh, warms my heart. No, no, I was doing Toto for a second. What is the song? He goes, um, it's, it kind of sounds like that, but it's, um, your eyes, the light, the heat, your eyes, I am complete in your eyes. I see the doorway to a thousand churches. You know that one. Sure and then do. of course also, you get the, not a bad voice out of the kid. <laughs> You, huh? You've been holding How about out that, on huh? You've been holding out on us. Hello, Mark singing. Next up, you know, you know what I don't like about this is that he realistically aged me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's what I'm gonna look like when I'm 50 years old. Uh, so that one hurt a little bit because I'm like, you gave me a glimpse into the future that I wasn't ready for, frankly. But I thought it was funny enough to put here. Okay, Bro Science Academy. Oh, and by the way, before I do that, I wanted to have a discussion. We'll do a hell real quick, hella psychedelic. I had this discussion recently, and I want other people to chime in on your preference between LSD and mushrooms. I've taken both. Uh, I prefer LSD. I prefer my ability to control the LSD, and I like the fact that it lasts longer without having to redose because LSD is one of these substances that when it's in your bloodstream, it stays at a certain level 
a stable level, seemingly, for much longer than almost any other compound, you know, 10 hours or more. Um, I really like that, so <laughs> maybe you shouldn't do that for your first time because once you're in it, uh, you know, it's not going away anytime soon. Let's put it that way. But if you don't want to have to constantly take something over and over again or kind of feel this like we're coming up and we're coming down, which is an experience that, for example, on Molly you might have where it's like euphoria, euphoria, oh my God, everything's great. And by the time you peak, you're almost like, oh my God, it's going away. And there's like a panic element to it um, that makes you want to take more and then mess up your entire next day. With LSD, that's not the case. And I just have, when I'm taking LSD alone, the first time I ever took it, as I mentioned on the podcast in an earlier episode, it was with a number of other substances and a really weird Slovenian man that ruined the entire experience by acting like a total creep around my girlfriend. So when I'm taking LSD alone, I've never had a bad experience with it. It might be more or less intense uh, dealing with certain uh, emotional issues that you happen to be thinking about at that moment, but I've had other experiences with shrooms. I've had really good experiences with shrooms, uh, and I've had ones that were unexpectedly bad, both on a trip level of just like it goes too dark or you feel like you can't quite control your thoughts or it goes to an unpleasant place. And then also on a physical level, sometimes I've had this reaction. I remember taking some shroom chocolates and it felt like for 45 minutes, once they hit my stomach, I had to lay down almost like I overdosed on nicotine. Like I felt really hot and flush and I was like, I have to lay down right now for like 45 minutes. And then it finally passed and had more of a normal experience, but it was just super unpleasant. And I've had things similar to that before where, I mean, ultimately you are ingesting this thing that I guess you could classify as a poison. And, you know, your body might respond that way, right? That is, but you don't know what strain it is. There's just more, there's more variability in mushrooms and the strain and what else could be in there. It's a biological product and LSD is, uh, you know, if it's pure LSD, it's very reliable. So I like that about it. But I've heard many other people say, oh, I like shrooms better um, who have taken both. So if you've taken both, I want to hear in the comments why you prefer one or the other. And because it's hard to put into words, like people go, what's the difference between shrooms and LSD who haven't taken psychedelics or maybe have taken one, but not the other. It's actually very difficult to articulate that besides like just going, well, I had a bad trip once on mushrooms and I haven't had one on LSD. So I want to get at it and see what the consensus is from other people and why these things would feel different because the molecules are the same and I believe they act on the serotonin receptor when you look at like serotonin versus, you know, uh, MDMA versus uh, LSD versus shrooms, the active ingredients all are kind of in the same ballpark molecularly. I don't want to pretend like I'm a chemist, but, it, you know, just visually, you can see that there's a lot of similarities. So let's explore that. Okay. Hella sick fitness. Oh, I wanted to do a bro science academy. That's right. Because I just want to give you a quick tip on, I worked out with my buddy Andy Farrag the other day. He hadn't been to the gym in a long time. And sometimes you just want to come in and, you know, like kickstart it with a full body workout. Do everything, right? And I'm a big advocate. I love doing full body stuff because it leaves you really exhausted and it also allows you to feel more comfortable increasing your pace because what I end up doing, and this is a workout you can do in under an hour to hit your full body, um, if you do a couple hard sets of everything I'm about to mention, then uh, like you can go on to, you know, from a push movement to a pull movement and you're not like, oh, my chest is still pumped and sore or, you know, like painful from the lactic acid that's been building up. You can design it so 
you're not kind of scared or hesitant to move on to the next thing because you're starting fresh in some way. So basically this involves a vertical push and a, um, you know, a vertical push and a horizontal push, a vertical pull and a horizontal pull, a superset for arms, a, uh, both biceps and triceps and something for your legs. If you do all that, you're hitting a full body workout, okay? And you can go add things here and there. But what we did was two sets of inclined dumbbell press for your chest. Immediately move on to two hard sets of lat pull downs, nice and controlled, narrow grip, right? A little squeeze there, don't use too much weight, but these are all in the range of eight to 15 reps, let's say, uh, to failure or relatively close. You know, consider these working sets, not warm-up sets. So I did like one warm-up set with the, with the dumbbells, and then I'm off to the races because a lot of these I just don't think you need. If you're working on a machine, I don't really think you need a big warm-up, and you're going 10 reps anyway. After the lap pull-downs, I go to a super set where I'm doing standing lateral raises with like 35 pounds into dumbbell presses to the front like this, elbows tucked to make it a little more difficult and a little more focused on the anterior delt. You'd be surprised at how little weight you need to get a great burn. So that's another superset because I'm going from a weight that is moderately heavy in the lateral raise, 35 pounds for me, to this would be normally really light. But if you do 15 reps immediately after doing the lateral raises, it's a perfect weight. So we hit that superset. Then we go into a row, a horizontal pull. Just hit the row machine. You add a little bit of pausing on there. Nice stretch in the lats. Come back. Two hard sets. Boom. You're done. You feel it in your traps and your lats and your rear delts. Then you move on to a superset of arms. I go to the cable stack. I do uh, a straight bar cable curl. Nice and controlled. Hit 10 to 15 reps. Immediately, using the same weight, reverse my grip and go into reverse curls with the same bar. Great burn. Great pump. Do two of those. Then a superset for triceps, just tricep rope uh, press downs like this into close grip. I use my feet elevated, but you don't have to. Put your feet up on something, do like diamond push-ups to get a compound movement to finish off your triceps. And then we did some Bulgarian split squats, my new favorite thing because it's so difficult and it really exposes how weak certain parts of my body are like my bad leg that had an ACL tear, right? It's extra hard, but I'm like, oh, I need to get it better. I need to get it stronger. And all I need was like 55, 60 pounds. It's not that much. But do 15 reps of a split squat where you're going all the way down. You're going to feel it in your entire leg. So that's under an hour. That's full body. You can add some hamstring and calf isolation if you want. But at that point, I was pooped. And in part, I'm pooped because I was taking, you know, after this cycle, the 10-day cycle, I'm gaining a bunch of weight. It makes working out harder. So that's what I kind of wanted to say is like, I like the results of it with trend. You almost get so full that if, you, if you're not totally ripped, you can kind of look like big and puffy to a degree. Um, like I saw myself on camera a couple times in the footage from the music video and it was like, um, my arm just looks like a block <laughs> next to, you know, like it, it's not necessarily aesthetic. I liked it for the video because it's supposed to look silly in a lot of ways, it's gonna be funny. But just as far as an everyday aesthetic, I'm like, that doesn't look good. So um, be careful when you take these things because, uh, you know, at least for me, I'm always bordering on looking stupid and I try to be aware of that. And just getting bigger without getting leaner isn't always the answer. And then cardiovascularly, I just noticed in a lot of my workouts, I was able to do less volume because when you grow and also trend directly affects your cardiovascular system in a negative way. So it's a combination of those two things. You're gaining weight, gaining muscle, um, 
and it makes the experience of working out less pleasant. I'll be totally honest. Like I just felt more wiped. I felt like, ugh, you know, I'd get a headache in the middle of doing, you know, bicep curls or something and just, and feel, and I was doing a lot of full body stuff while on this, on these compounds just to get as many rest recovery cycles as possible. But something to think about, you know, you think all steroids make it easier to work out. Some of them actually make it more unpleasant to work out. Tren being one of them. Hella sick fitness pages, just do real quick. This guy, Jeffrey Schoenfeld, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-S-H-O-E-N-F-E-L-D. I think I'm spelling it right. Okay. Oh, Jeffrey Schofeld, not Schoenfeld. So, Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. He has a great channel. He's a natty lifter. He has phenomenal information. So if you want to go to his page and actually learn something, uh, breaks down really specific topics. And also what I've found useful is he breaks down other people's programs because uh, to me, this is one of the biggest cons in the business is like people putting out these workout programs and they just suck. And maybe the person doing the programs doesn't even know that they suck and this works for them, but it's just like it strays from a lot of conventional wisdom in order to make it seem like it's novel, as I've always talked about. We have these people who go, yeah, it's different than other programs, but you don't need that novelty. You don't need it to be different. And he does a great job of breaking down why these are less than optimal. And he gives honest reviews, but he's, you know, he's, I've seen him break down Greg Doucette's training programs. I've seen him break down um, Noel Dizel's training programs and a few others like uh, V Shred, which is a fitness charlatan I'm going to get into in one of these weeks. And he just gives an honest opinion and has a lot of insight. Now, the last thing I'll say is when you see this guy's physique, does he look super impressive? Now, for a natty lifter, if you're in the know, yes, he does. He has a great body. Is he like... 250 pounds and 5% body fat. Does he look like a bodybuilder on stage? No, but he's natty. So this is the thing that I think a lot of people have to decouple is the look versus the knowledge. And people will come up to me and I give them that warning, as I probably told you before, that, hey, just because I'm jacked or you think I'm muscular doesn't mean I have expertise because a lot of things go into that. Uh, then nothing about a man's physique is a guarantee that he really knows what he's doing or can communicate that to you and make adjustments based on you as an individual. Um, and this is another example of, you know, the guy is not as jacked and shiny and uh, oily and freaky as many of his other fitness industry competitors, but his information is phenomenal. So check him out. Look at his workout reviews before you buy a workout program. And... You know, I wanted to end on this, on a help, I'm on steroids. But in this case, it's help, I'm not on steroids because I went and saw the Batman movie recently, loved it, thought it was phenomenal, a little bit long, sure. I also had to pee really bad during the entire final 30 minutes, so that could have affected my perception of time a little bit. I love that it was like a, a noir detective movie. We see that angle of Batman that we haven't really seen before. Not so much crime fighter, and he did some of that beating thugs up in the street, but solving a mystery. It was very appropriate uh, for the villain of the Riddler to make it like he's solving this serial killer crime and had these kind of like Seven and Zodiac vibes, which I thought were so cool because those are some of my favorite movies. And uh, I loved how they portrayed Batman where he is in his journey, which we didn't really get to see in the Dark Knight trilogy. We saw the Batman Begins, and then we kind of jump into the height of him as Batman in the Dark Knight. This feels like 
he's just getting into it and he's still figuring out what he wants to do as the Batman and it's a lot more like it's a small operation and it's a little more grungy and dingy. I like how they represented things and differentiated the movies from the Dark Knight series, uh, made it its own and still made it work. The big controversy, if you remember, was that Robert Pattinson like wasn't buff enough and he wasn't working out and he didn't do steroids or whatever. And uh, I admit, when I first heard that, it's kind of like, oh, he's not going to get buffed to play Batman? Um, I guess it was a joke after all. Like he said, like, oh, I was just joking about that. People took it out of context. But he obviously didn't get as jacked as uh, Christian Bale or even, you know, Ben Affleck went through quite a transformation because he's been a little bit chubbier in past years and he put on a lot of muscle and got leaner. I want to say... It's cool to see Robert Pattinson not buying into this notion that you have to do steroids or, to, or you have to get super muscular in order for us to buy you as a superhero. I bought it. It was totally fine. I don't think you need to be jacked out of your tree, peeled out of your gourd for us to buy you as Batman because you're already in a muscle suit and relying on all these mechanical things to get you through your crime-fighting escapades. So I thought it was cool that he did what he could, he looked appropriate, he stayed natty, and he didn't buy into this Hollywood pressure that you have to take steroids in order to play uh, a superhero. Because it's not true, you just don't have to. And also, um, I think it, it brings us one step closer to this notion of just be open about it, right? Like on both sides, if you do take steroids for a role, it's still taboo to even talk about it, you have to deny it. I'd like to see that open up and say, yeah, I took steroids to gain 30 pounds in six months. Um, or conversely, your decision not to. Uh, in this case, it's it's obvious he didn't, but it would be cool if, you know, he had more freedom to open up and say, yeah, they wanted me to, and I didn't. And these are the reasons, because that can influence a lot of young people. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Casey, that's what I'm all about, influencing young people, okay? Do I want to hang out with them all the time? No. But do I want to talk to them for five minutes at a pop and and pretend as if I have the answers for them to improve their lives from the perspective of do what I say, not what I do. Sure, I'm 38 and you know I have a podcast that talks about the haters I have online, but that's not your trajectory necessarily. You could be really successful if you just don't do drugs, if you just don't do steroids, if you just stay off the dark web, okay? So if you're under the age of 21, disregard everything I said up to this point about going on the dark web, stay off it, all right? Listen to your parents, stay in the D.A.R.E. program, take Taekwondo after school, okay? Hang out with the kids who don't cheat to get A's. If they're Asian, that's even better, all right? Take care. Till next week.